What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss that D-back series loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Is it time to upgrade the rotation and previewing the upcoming series against the Guardians? All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content from me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And also, this I almost forgot, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Now, let's talk about this series against the Philadelphia Phillies because, guys, it's really easy to get down on your team after they lose, especially after they lose a series to an inferior opponent. Losing three out of four to the Philadelphia Phillies was not pretty but even after that the D-backs are still sitting in first place in the NL West they still have the second best record in the National League so let's not get too down on this D-backs team but it was definitely disheartening to see the D-backs kind of get their butts handed to them I almost said a you know a dirtier word there but I kept it PG for my younger audience the D-backs this was I mean we've seen series like the Boston Red Sox the Atlanta Braves where the D-backs were tested and stuff but a lot of those series, even to the Marlins, a lot of those series, it felt like the D-backs more gave those series away than the other team stole them. Maybe not the Red Sox or maybe not the Marlins. It felt like at least the Braves, it felt like the D-backs gave up that series more than the Braves won it. And when we look at this Phillies team, I felt like they really took this series by the reins. And this was not a series where the D-backs gave it up to the Philadelphia Phillies. This was a series where the Philadelphia Phillies took it from the D-backs. And you saw it even in game one, even though the D-backs won that game nine to eight. And at one point, I had like a nine five lead. It was the Phillies who jumped out to like a five one lead after game one uh, to jumped out to a five one lead in that game one before the D-backs eventually came back. And you look at this entire series game two. They came out swinging against Zach Davies game three. They came out early against Merrill Kelly. And then in game four, they did the same to Ryan Nelson and it was a very concerning series for this D-backs pitching staff. We'll talk about that in segment number two about should the D-backs upgrade this rotation. But this D-backs team just wasn't good enough from a pitching standpoint against this Philadelphia Phillies team who is heating up right now. This team is getting hot, and it's not like this team is full of bums. Like We know this Phillies lineup is still stacked despite this Phillies team being one game above 500 after this series with the D-backs. We know how loaded their lineup is like... 
even with their record standing at what it is, like a Schwarber, Turner, Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Bryson Stott, Alec Baum, top six is a pretty strong top six, is as strong as any top six probably in baseball. And the D-backs, they have a great lineup too. They score a ton of runs, but there's a reason why the Philadelphia Phillies have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. There is a reason why they spent a ton of money a couple off-seasons ago and this past off-season on Trey Turner because they wanted to build up this offense. This Philadelphia Phillies team is trying to win games through their... They're kind of like a souped-up version of the D-backs, at least on paper, because they got two elite frontline starters in Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, like how the D-backs have in Gallon and Merrill Kelly. Then they have a really deep lineup that they trust to score a lot of runs with a shaky bullpen, and they kind of have the same recipe as the D-backs, even though the D-backs recipe has been working at a higher level this season. This Phillies team is not something to play with. They got stars up and down their lineup, and we saw all those stars really take over in this series. And against Ryan Nelson in that finale, they really took it to Nelson. Nelson gave up 10 hits in just four innings pitch, five earned runs. And Nelson is someone who his fastball has been tracking in a good direction his fastball in today's game averaged 95 miles per hour it's averaging 94 and a half on the season it's like slowly been trending upward all year his changeup he was throwing way harder today than he normally has like all his pitches he was throwing hard today but as fast as they were coming in they were also leaving as quickly too because he gave up an average of 92 mile an hour's he gave up an average exit velocity i should say of 92.3 miles per hour so the Phillies offense was just attacking Ryan Nelson over and over and over. And the D-backs almost came back in the game as they do. But that's just kind of been also the story of the series. Like the D-backs outside of game one, they've been making comebacks. They will tie up the game, but they're not able to finish off the game like they've done all season. This Phillies team has done just enough when you get to the bullpen to shut down this D-backs team. Because the bullpen hasn't been good this year for the Phillies. But the Sotos, the Dominguez's, the Kimbrels, the Alvarados were really good in this series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Which is just kind of disheartening to see. But overall from this segment, I want the takeaway to be don't get down on your team. Christian Walker had a great quote at the end of the year. Yeah, it's three straight losses, but it's like three out of 162. That doesn't really mean anything. There's a whole lot of baseball to play, and I think that's kind of the mentality D-backs fans have to have when it comes to this team. The D-backs are still sitting 13 games above 500. they They're still sitting solid in the National League. They still look like one of the better teams in baseball. Yes, they have some flaws, which we'll talk about in segment number two, but don't get too down on this team. We'll preview in segment number three why they could bounce back against the Cleveland Guardians, but this is still a really good Diamondbacks team and a really exciting season, and let's not lose sight of that. Yes, it's easy to get down on yourselves after a series like this where it feels like the Phillies just ripped your hearts out game after game with how the offense was attacked how the offense was able to attack early and often. But even with that being said, Corbin Carroll is still having an MVP type season. Ketel Marte was great in that finale, and he seems to be heating up and turning a corner as well. Perdomo continues to stay hot throughout the entire season. Jake McCarthy, since getting recalled by the Arizona Dimebacks, have been heating up as well. So when you look at this D-backs lineup in, you look at the Gallons and the Merrill Kellys of the world and some of the guys in their bullpen, like I would not be upset at all after this series. This D-backs team is still a ton of fun and they are, you know, we want them to get better and I think the D-backs will make moves 
at the deadline. I think after you see a series like this, I think Mike Hazen's going to be making some phone calls. The D-backs always talk about a sense of urgency, and after a series like this, I think you have to make some phone calls and see what kind of pitchers you can add to this rotation and potentially the bullpen as well. But Jake McCarthy's still another base. He's at 13 now. He's still tracking for 30-plus stolen bases this year. Corbin Carroll's still tracking for a monster season. Like, Everything we thought about the D-backs before this series, I think, still holds true. So even though the D-backs lost three out of four to the Philadelphia Phillies, don't get too down on this D-back squad. Keep your chin up high, and we might get a nice bounce back against the Cleveland Guardians. Now we'll talk about whether the D-backs should look to upgrade their rotation. But before we get there, I want to talk to you guys about Bird Dogs. And real quick, let me put on my overlay for the YouTube audience because... Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as the Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and enter promo code locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you Now, let's get back into the Diamondbacks podcast, but I do want to say, don't forget, you can catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now, speaking of the D-backs, after a series like this, there are questions. Tori Lovello has already said there's going to be a discussion about Ryan Nelson and his standing in the rotation because Ryan Nelson, once again, wasn't good. He's got a 5.3 ERA now on the season, and this whole rotation this last couple weeks just hasn't been super strong. Gallon has been shaky on the road. Merrill Kelly was fine in that most recent start, but he wasn't dominant. Tommy Henry wasn't good recently. Zach Davies wasn't good recently. Ryan Nelson hasn't been good recently. So for this D-backs team, when they talk about urgency, is it time to start picking up the phone, making some calls, and see what kind of pitchers you can sniff around on the market? Because right now, Gallon's at a 309 ERA. Merrill Kelly's at a 304 ERA. Those two guys have been studs for this D-backs team. They like literally, if you go on just baseball reference and pull up their numbers side by side, they're eerily similar. They're putting up almost the same numbers. So those two guys are studs. I'm not worried about them at all. But after those two, Ryan Nelson, a 495 ERA, Tommy Henry, a 486 ERA, and Zach Davies, a 546 ERA. So what can the D-backs do to fix this rotation and hopefully add some depth behind your two frontline starters well there's a few things that the d-backs can do internally before looking externally right we know they got guys like Dre jameson in the bullpen you could switch out pretty easily a Dre jameson for a ryan nelson just so you could see Dre jameson back in the rotation and see how he pitches for a little bit and see if he's getting back on track and to see if he still has got the stuff and makeup of a starter so i wouldn't be surprised at all if the d-backs gave 
Dre Jameson a chance. He's been like fine. He's been solid this year out the pen. He hasn't been great. He's been pretty up and down. There's some numbers on him that are terrible, and there's some numbers on him that are fine. Like he has a 413 ERA, which is like fine, but he also has 5.1 walks per nine allowed, a 1553 whip. So there's some bad stats with Dre Jameson, and he wasn't the best when he started this year. He only made three starts, but wasn't the best in those appearances. But I do think. He deserves another crack in the rotation with how the youngsters have looked recently. Yeah, take a Ryan Nelson out for a turn. Put him in the bullpen. Because I've always said before the season started, I thought Dre Jameson was the guy with better stuff for being a starter. I thought Ryan Nelson had better stuff for being a bullpen guy. And the D-backs thought the opposite. But now, let's see if it actually turns into fruition, the stuff I was saying. So I wouldn't mind seeing Dre Jameson back in the rotation with Ryan Nelson potentially moving to the bullpen. Because Ryan Nelson can't throw hard. And if he's averaging 95 on his fastball maybe averages 96 if he's in the pen so i wouldn't mind seeing that you could call up brandon fat i always forget how to say his name you could call up brandon fat back up fought fat fought i actually can't even remember right now but you could call brandon back up i know he wasn't good when he started with the d-backs and five starts his problem was he gave up eight home runs and five starts which is just way too much a one six four eight whip like fought wasn't good but maybe after being down in AAA, going against the minor league hitting again, minor league batters, maybe Fott was able to rediscover himself, get that confidence back up, and maybe a second turn with the D-backs this season will do him good. So if you want a couple of internal options, you got the Fots, you got the Dre Jamesons of the world. Those two guys are definitely good enough. When you think about the other guys in the rotation, those guys are definitely good enough to at least get a crack at it. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the D-backs want to go in that direction and maybe get a second look at either at either Dre Jameson or Brandon Fott. But the other option for the D-backs, if they don't want to look internally, is you can look externally. And I think if you're really talking about urgency and if you're the D-backs and you're really talking about being a World Series contender and making a deep postseason run, I don't think your answer is internally. As much as I like the Jamesons and the Nelsons and the Fots and the Henrys of the world, they just aren't where they need to be right now for a deep postseason run for a team that wants to make for a team that might have real expectations and aspirations, they're just not where we need them to be right now. So I think it would actually be smart for Mike Hazen to pick up the phone and start sniffing around the market to see who he can get. And just a team that I'm going to have my eyes on when the trade deadline rolls around just because I don't think they are good and I think they're going to be big sellers at the deadline this year. I think they could be the biggest deadline seller this season is the Chicago White Sox who is currently around nine to ten games below 500 and they got some pieces in their lineup that they might give away like a Tim Anderson type you know guys like that in their lineup I think Tim Anderson might be a free agent soon so I wouldn't be surprised at all if the White Sox want to put him on the market not exactly having a great season but of course we're looking at the pitching staff here I think the White Sox are a perfect partner for the D-backs if they want to go in that direction Dylan Cease is someone who I think is a stud but hasn't exactly been a stud at least this season so hopefully that could lower his value a little bit I still think you're probably gonna have to give up real stuff if you want to go after Dylan Cease but he's number one on my wish list I don't want to give up a Lawler I don't want to give up a Drew Jones but outside that I mean Thomas McCarthy even a Fott you could 
talk me into. So he would be someone I'd be interested in. Lucas Giolito as well. Like both of those guys are in their late 20s. Cease is 27. Giolito's 28. Giolito's having a better year, but I think people consider Cease the better pitcher. So I think Giolito's market would be slightly cheaper. So I wouldn't be upset at all going after him either. Or you can even look at this White Sox bullpen. Kendall Graveman is a very good closer, back end reliever, solid ERA. The D backs can go after him, or they could go after former Diamondback Kenyon Middleton, who is having a fantastic season with this White Sox team. Don't know why the D backs let him go. So if I'm looking at options externally for who the D backs should consider as a potential trade partner and go after, I think the White Sox are the team at the top of my list. This is an organization that I picked as a dark horse from 2020 to 2021. It was like a two-year period where I thought this White Sox team had a, has had as much talent as any team in the American League, and they just kind of kept falling short in the playoffs. And now you look at this team post Tony La Russa, and it just they're just going nowhere. They're just kind of rudderless rudderless right now a lot of their position players are struggling just having really down seasons their pitching staff the dylan ceases of the world the lanthlins of the world are are just not having seasons that we typically expect from them i feel like the chicago white Sox might want to retool might want to reset a little bit and i think the d-backs would be a perfect partner i wouldn't give up the lawlers i wouldn't give up the drew jones of the world but anyone after that of course, not Carroll either, but anyone after that like, could even talk me into because he's been so good this year. If the White Sox were like, you know what? We're trading away Tim Anderson to another team, but we'll give you a Lucas Giolito, but we want a Geraldo Perdomo back to replace our Tim Anderson. I wouldn't be too upset at all if the D-backs went that direction. Perdomo has been so good this year, but I do think it's easier for the D-backs to replace a Perdomo than for the D-backs to get someone in that rotation internally or someone in the bullpen. I think it's easier for the D-backs to replace a Perdomo internally than it is to find another pitcher for that rotation or bullpen. So I wouldn't mind at all the D-backs getting pretty frisky and getting pretty crazy at the trade deadline and looking at a team like the White Sox. As long as you keep the Lawlers and the Drew Jones and the Corbin Carrolls of the world, I'm pretty happy as a D-backs fan if they're able to snag someone to really help this pitching staff. Now I want to talk to you guys and do a little preview for this series against the Cleveland Guardians. But before we get there, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel because let me get my overlay up. You're going to want to make your way to FanDuel because right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better, there's no better. I don't know why I can't say that. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. The reason I love FanDuel is because you get promotions every day. They always have some kind of promotion where you're getting your money back, you're doubling your money, always something. The app is safe and secure. You never have to worry about anything from that standpoint. And you get paid instantly. As soon as the game is over, if your bet hits, you're going to get money in your pocket. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, all right. 
right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss this next series against the Cleveland Guardians because this D-backs team, like we said, keep your chins, keep your chins held up high. Don't get too down on yourselves, but we do want to see a D-backs bounce back. We don't want to see a four-game losing streak. And coming up next is the Cleveland Guardians, who's a few games under 500. And if you want to feel good about Going into this series, this Cleveland Guardians team struggles to score runs. The only team that scores less runs than the Cleveland Guardians is the Detroit Tigers. The Guardians score less runs or is right in the mix with the Oakland Athletics and the Kansas City Royals. The Guardians are not a good offensive team. Look at them by excuse me, OPS. They're bottom three in the American League as well. Offensively, you do not really have to worry about this Guardians team so much. You look up and down their lineup. Jose Ramirez is like the only guy you should be scared of. He's having another good season. Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in baseball, and we might need to get that man out of Cleveland. Like if the D-backs do want to take a big swing at a position player, maybe someone like Jose Ramirez is someone to go after. But outside of him, there's really no one from this season that's really having a good year. Josh Naylor is probably the only other guy. But outside of that, all these Guardians this year have been pretty mid. Really, the rub again for this Guardians team that you have to worry about if you're scared as a D-backs fan, it's just from a pitching standpoint. Like The Guardians are a good pitching team. If you look at their team ERA, they're kind of middle of the pack right now. 3.8 ERA at the time of me recording this podcast as a team. Shane Bieber is a stud. Logan Allen's having a really good season. And Tristan McKenzie just got back from injury. And Tanner uh, Bibby, I think is how you say his name, he's been pretty good for this Guardians team as well. So from a pitching standpoint, this team is really strong. But outside of that, we know this D-backs team can score runs. And if they can attack the opposing pitchers on the Guardians, they have a good chance to win because I I wouldn't stress too much about this Guardians offense. Yes, this D-backs pitching staff hasn't looked great the last couple weeks, but they did just go against a Phillies team that is loaded with studs. You can't really say the same for this Guardians team. They have been a little bit better offensively over the last week or so, the last couple weeks, but still, on the season against both righties and lefties, they pretty much have the same splits. Home and away, they pretty much have the same splits. Like This team They're just not producing at a high level after being like solid last year, having some guys have some breakout offensive seasons last year. They're just not getting it from their offensive players this year. It's all on the pitching staff for this Guardians team this year. Um, When it comes to them winning games, their pitching is more important than anything. And so for this D-backs team, if they can attack early, if they can take a page out the Philadelphia Phillies playbook and attack this Guardians team early, I think that would be really important to this D-backs team because they just, the last couple weeks, they've they've let opposing teams get out to early leads. And we've seen the D-backs so many times be the team to score in the first, second, or third inning and get the first runs on the board. But that just wasn't the case over the last week, week and a half. And so for this D-backs team, you want them to get going early. And from a lineup perspective, like I want to see way less of Paven Smith leading off. I need to see less Carson Kelly taking over for Gabriel Moreno. We still need Moreno's bat. I know he doesn't have very high slugging. He doesn't really provide a ton of extra base hits, but Moreno is still a solid offensive player and contact machine. Christian Walker starting to heat up a little bit. Ketel Marte's heating up. Perdomo staying hot. 
Jake McCarthy's heating up. Corbin Carroll's been a stud. Like, you got at least five guys in your lineup that's, like, pretty hot right now or at least been able to sustain their success from the whole season. So there's no reason why this D-backs offense shouldn't be able to bounce back a little bit. And this Guardian team... They're, it's not just their starting pitching that's also good. It's also their bullpen. So I really think if you're this D-backs team, it is the starters that you have to take more advantage of than the bullpen because a lot, of t- a lot of times you're like, once we get through the starters and we get to the bullpen, that's when the offense is really going to take off. But for this Guardians team, I think it's actually better to try to get those starters out early and really build your lead early in the ball games because it might be tougher to score runs once the bullpen comes in for the Guardians because Emmanuel Classe, one of the best closers in baseball, uh, Trevor Stefan has been good, Eli Morgan, like they just got dude after dude. Like if you just look at their bullpen stats, like it's insane how many guys have like a sub, they have one, two, three, four, five guys with sub three ERA and like eight guys with like a sub three, five ERA. Like the bullpen is nasty for this Cleveland Guardians team. So if you're the D-backs offense, I think you have to score early and often and take a page out the Philadelphia Phillies book. Maybe your offense goes a little cold after the fifth or sixth inning. If you're lucky, you could get an insurance run against the bullpen, but I think you got to build a lead early and hope that your bullpen and starting pitching and your defense can keep it down because the defense is also something that's been a little wary past couple weeks. We've seen Jake McCarthy have some miscues. We've seen the Rojas's and the Manuel Rivera's of the world have some miscues as well. So the D-backs need to clean up their act get a little bit better. Maybe they lost some concentration and focus heading into this Philadelphia Phillies series because they were so hot. They were looking so good. They were one of the best teams in baseball. Maybe they were feeling themselves a little bit too much, but this D-backs team, as we've been saying, is still one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. I do think a bounce back is coming against this Cleveland Guardians team. I do think the D-backs can win. Oh, my God. Sometimes my browser annoys me. I do think this D-backs team can win this series as they should. The D-backs should win this series, but you could have said the same against this Philadelphia Phillies team. And game one, going to be electric. Tristan McKenzie versus Zach Gallen, phenomenal. Shane Bieber in game two against Tommy Henry. That's going to be tough. Don't know who's going in game three for the Guardians, but the D-backs will have Zach Davies. So you won't get the perfect Merrill Kelly and Gallen going in the same Um series you won't get that you know frontline duo going the same series where you feel good about having a bounce back series with two of them starting but hopefully gallon can set the tone in game one hopefully davies and tommy henry can bounce back in game two and game three but the d-backs go into this series and lose two out of three or get swept and now all of a sudden they're on a seven game losing streak then yeah then we can have a deeper discussion about what's really wrong with this D-backs team and their flaws and their issues but if they handle their business and bounce back against this Cleveland Guardians team then everything will be fine the ship will be righted and I won't have to come on this podcast and talk about man were the D-backs a fraud this whole time I don't want to have that conversation so hopefully the D-backs can't handle their business against the Cleveland Guardians now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Don't forget you can catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.